It's Fulfilling Life's Yearnings Radio, broadcasting live. Today's guest is Megan Gebhardt. Coming live from the Fly Studio in Commerce Township, it's the Fulfilling Life's Yearnings Podcast. And I'm your host, Blake Giovanni Thomas Soule. And if you're ready to be your best by writing the script of your life to whatever you want it to be, and taking action on your dreams, then this is the podcast for you. It's time to enter the fly zone. What's up, everybody? It's the fly host you love the most, and I'm back with another episode of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. I am so excited to be here in the house, actually, because I'm over here in Michigan, and this is starting to become a, a reoccurring theme. It's snowing outside, and it's starting to get pretty nasty out there. And today's guest is Megan Gebhardt, and she's from California, which a lot of my previous guests have been over from from the San Francisco area as well. And so a little jealous about that part. I think I need to just move out there at, at this point. But um Megan is on here today to talk about, you know, her journey and how she is fulfilling life's yearning. So I'm excited to have you guys hear that. So without further ado, uh, Megan, thank you so much for being here. And how are you doing today? Um, hi, Blake. Thanks for having me. I'm doing I'm doing well, mainly because there's no snow out here <laughs> in San Francisco. It's sunny and in 60. Yeah, you, def- you definitely cannot beat that <laughs> at all. And so just just for getting started off here, can you talk about, you know, because one of the things that stood out to me when I came across, you know, you online is that your interest in in, in, in reaching out to other folks and, 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 and having them share their stories with you, whether that was, um, you know, via phone or you were actually meeting up with these folks to sit down and have coffee with them. So can you just talk about, you know, before you got to that point, what was uh your background like you know where are you from and and taking us up to where you are today of course so i'm originally from the state of wyoming and i went to college in in michigan at michigan state and when i got there i i was really interested in both entrepreneurship and I didn't realize it at the time, but I had this deep interest in um, hearing stories and learning about people and, and sharing them. Um, I, I, in in a way that it almost made sense for me to have been a journalism major, but I didn't kind of realize that until my senior year. Uh, so I got to school, and something that I really loved about about uh, Michigan State was that they had half a million living alumni, uh, which is a huge number of people, especially for someone like me coming from Wyoming. We have a half a million people in the entire state. Wow. So, yeah, so I was just blown away by all of these people that, you know, had Michigan State in common with me. And so I had this idea to to start a website called MSU Catalyst. And it was Way back, you know, before Instagram, you know, Twitter was just starting to become a thing. And I I started the website and the idea was I would find interesting uh, people, uh, alumni, alumni, faculty or students that were doing interesting things and and write about them. And that was my first foray into uh, sitting down with people and trying to pull stories out of them and seeing what I could learn about them. And and I just kind of fell in love with it and uh, worked on that kind of on my writing and social media presence and just picked up these skills here and there. And at the same time, got really involved in 
kind of the entrepreneurship scene that was really just starting to come about at Michigan State. There there were a lot of um, people interested in entrepreneurship and they were kind of finding each other and finding resources and becoming more of a, a group of people that were actively working um, on companies or trying to get more involved in other people's companies. So I was surrounded by these really entrepreneurial, amazing people that were were trying new things and not afraid to fail and a bunch of wonderful things. So going into my senior year of college, I was looking for something, I think inspired by all the people around me, I was looking for my own thing um, after having done MSU Catalyst. And I stumbled upon this book or a quote in a book that said, where you are in five years depends on the people you meet and the books you read. And the quote really resonated with me because I thought about everyone I had met at Michigan State and all of the people that were in this entrepreneurship group and all of the opportunities that I had had you know, during my time there and how it, I could trace it all back to wonderful new connections I had made. And I had this, I suppose, aha moment where I thought, you know, if meeting one person can have such an effect on your life, what if I just devoted an entire year to meeting strangers? So that was the start of my big um, my big project called 52 Cups of Coffee. I called it an experiment in caffeine and conversation. And the idea was that I would find people I didn't know and sit down with them and then afterwards write about them on my on my blog. Um, and I uh, ended up doing it. It took me all over, you know, all over the U.S. and kind of around the world. And then a couple years later, I, I published all of those stories into my first book, which is simply called 52 Cups of Coffee. See, to me, to hear that is is just so awesome because when I started my journey, those were a lot of the the same thoughts that I was going through as far as just wanting to be able to reach out to these these interesting folks that I'm seeing who who at first seemed you know unreachable because of their you know um, perceived status or 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 distance away from me. But then what I found out was that you know. They're just like everyone, and they were, you know, so gracious and willing to, to share their stories. You know, if that story were to, you know, reach someone else and benefit their life in a positive way. So, for you, when you were getting started off, what, what, you know, type of thoughts were going through your mind? I know you're saying this was this this experiment and and being able to go out around and and talk to all these different individuals. Uh, was there any doubt in your mind or any sort of challenges that when you first started, you know, coming up with this idea that you were going through and, and just trying to figure out, you know, how you were going to reach out to people and, and, and dealing with that rejection factor? How did that work for you? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I think what I learned on kind of piggybacking off what you said about, you know, kind of having this fear of reaching out to people and then realizing they're more approachable than you might expect I had a really amazing experience before starting 52 Cups of Coffee when I was doing the MSU Catalyst Project, and I was out in San Francisco for an internship, and they had a, a LinkedIn group called Bay Area Spartans, and I joined it. And one day, one day in the in the group, I posted a message that just said, "Hi, I'm my name is Megan. I'm a student at Michigan State. I have this project where I interview people. Is anyone?" interested in getting coffee with me and sharing their story. And I posted it really expecting no response, kind of expecting, a, you know, it, it's better to try and 
it's like it's not going to work but like what's the harm if it doesn't work and right. to my surprise five different people said yes to meeting me and one of them was um a, a previous previously had been a Microsoft employee who in the early days of Microsoft had a lot of one-on-one meetings with Bill Gates and talked about a lot of the um strategy in a, a specific area of the Microsoft kind of game plan. And we met and we had coffee and he's telling me about, you know, conversations that him and Bill Gates were having. And that was the first moment where it clicked that people really love sharing their stories and they really love sharing them when there's a platform that their story might positive, positively impact other people. So that was like the, that was the experience that gave me the confidence to try to have these 52 cups of coffee. And at the start, I the first 13 or so cups of coffee are fairly um, kind of everyday, everyday people. Um, you know, people that, the type of people that you would stand in line behind at the grocery store or, you know, that, that might go to, you know, work out at your gym or whatever, like people that, that you exist um, with on a day-to-day basis. And it was cool because those people taught me that everybody has everybody has a story and everyone has something really interesting if you take the time to look for what that is and as the project went on i grew i gained more confidence in having these conversations where i was more willing to reach out to people that might say no um because i kind of realized one they're really likely i mean assuming they have time they're very likely to say yes and two uh you know what's the harm in if they say no you you don't have a lot to lose. Um, but I guess one thing that's worth noting there also is that there were some people that I was really interested in talking to and I was able to find mutual connections that were willing to introduce me, which increased my odds of, of them saying yes, which also reduced the fear of asking. Nice. I really love that you were saying that because just just to hear that the metamorphosis of, of, of where you started out from just just kind of like I guess acclimating yourself with it, like you were saying, the the, the everyday hero, like the, the 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 neighbor that you always see, or someone at the store that you could just strike up um, a conversation with. So as you were, you know, going through, you know, fifty two cups, did you, you know, think that it would take you around the country? Was that something that you had planned, or it just kind of came, you know, evolved into you going to different states and meeting with all these um, interesting folks? It was. Most definitely an evolution. I I knew that I would talk to people in Michigan and around the Michigan area, maybe Chicago, because I took a couple of trips to Chicago for various reasons. I knew I'd have coffee in Wyoming because my family's there. Uh, so I, I knew that it would be more than just people, you know, in in East Lansing where I was. But I had no idea the scale that it would it would take. I ended up having coffee with people in. 27 different cities across seven different countries. And what happened was so many people, such a surprising number of people that I talked to told me very early on in the conversation, you should travel while you're young, travel before you have a job and kids and a house and a husband, like travel now. And to the point where it was like, okay, all of these people are telling me to do this and I'm trying to really utilize the advice that I'm hearing. I really should travel. Uh, And so all of these conversations kind of gave me the push to take some money that I had been saving and spend it on a trip to um, on a trip to Europe. So I ended up after I graduated, I spent five weeks traveling 
traveling around Europe. And so that's where I got to meet a lot of different people from various European countries. And then around the U.S., I just kept finding opportunities. Um, I, I just kept kind of finding opportunities serendipitously. And it's like, okay, like I'm, I'm just kind of embracing the yes. Like whatever, whatever people tell me to do, I'm going to give it a try because that's all a part of what this experiment is. That's awesome. So I'll unpack that part for a moment. Did you, were you doing 52 cups while you were still at State or once you, you, you said you'd already left State, correct? I, so I started it right before my senior year, um, okay. going into my senior year. So it was all, and that was the magic of, um, you know, the magic of college is you have a lot of flexibility. And I, I think I was only taking, you know, four classes. So school wasn't too hectic that I had time to really devote to it. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then I graduated, so then the rest of the time, I just, the rest of the project I finished in between the graduating from college, getting a real job. Nice. I'm sure you had the, the opportunity to go to some uh, interesting places. Uh, where would you say was one of your, your fondest memories from being oh, able to travel? Wow. That's, a, that's a tough question. <laughs> or, so, even, or even like top three or four, whichever. So a fun fact is that I've actually been to all seven continents. So oh, wow. I've I've seen a lot of, of the world. I've been really fortunate in that regard. During that specific trip, though, like when I was working on 52 Cups, I would say I had a really wonderful time in in. Italy in Rome. And I think the reason Rome is not the favorite city that I've ever visited, but I think it was my favorite part of the trip because I actually ended up uh, meeting up with other people. There were uh, like a friend of mine was on a study abroad with, I think, 20 or so people. And so I met up with them. So I got to meet her. But then I also had these 19 or 20 other really awesome people that I got to meet and they showed me around the city. And I just remembered really loving how much fun it was to be able to make new friends, like explore a city with people that knew what was going on. And also just the joy of meeting people that you could meet in your backyard, but actually, you know, fate you know, fatefully you like meet, you know, in a, in another country, in another, um, continent. I love it. So when, when you're going back through and, and just reliving in those moments, when you had those, those opportunities to meet these folks, do you find yourself, uh, cause at times I'll go back and listen to older episodes that I did with the people that I have on the show, just to get back into that mindset of where I was at at that particular time. Do you do that to the kind of like, uh, help you get back on track or to refocus what what things you have going on that's that's really interesting i i recently or i i i finished the project in 2011 and mm-hmm. the book didn't come out until 2014 so there was a gap and in that gap i i didn't revisit the things that I was writing. I would, I would, you know, look at photos or I would think back to memories, but I didn't like actually revisit what I had written. So then when I went and sat down and actually worked on the book, it was really amazing how quickly it did take me back. Um, it kind of took me back to a different mindset of what it, you know, the type of what I was dealing with when I was about to graduate and the things that I learned. So it, it definitely was, a memory, like going down memory lane type of feel. But at the same time, it was really rewarding because the lessons that I had written about were still applicable. Um, it was like the information stayed true, even though like my life and me as a person had evolved over the you know previous three years. 
Mm, now, can you talk about some of those um, those lessons as well? Yeah, I think I, there are a couple that I think about often. One of them is one of them is this funny saying that I, I had coffee with a, a woman who's just a, an adventurer. She's um, led the the first all women's um, group of people to ski to the north to the North Pole. And she was a, a, you know, has been to Africa and done documentaries. And she's a, she, she just has this incredibly, incredibly rich life. And something that her mom, when she was growing up, would always say to her um, was, she would say like, hurry up the water buffalo are waiting at the gate. Which is a ridiculous thing right. out of context, but like the idea behind it was just this. I don't even understand. To be honest, I don't really even fully remember why the saying <laughs> came about, but it was just this saying that was like, like life is waiting. Like get outside, like do something. You know, life is waiting for you. And so I think about that in moments where I'm like where I'm kind of, I guess, falling into a rhythm or mm-hmm. becoming more comfortable. It's like, what, what am I doing? Like, there's so much living to be done. I, I, I want to, you know, be better about kind of embracing life. So that one's one I really like. I also like um, President um, Luanna K. Simon, who's the president of Michigan State. I talked to her and something that she really emphasized that her father taught her was that you you always need to be de- developing new skills. You need to work hard at things that you might not enjoy doing because those skills or those experiences will pay off. And so now that I'm in the real world with a real job, I oftentimes find myself thinking, what like what do I need to be learning here? Or how do I take this opportunity and leverage it as a learning experience to kind of add another tool to my my tool belt of life? So those two are those are two of my favorites that I often think about. Now, with the second one, and when you're talking about when you're in a in a new job situation, is is this something that you're constantly doing? Like, you know, trying to keep it in the you know in the in the front of your mind to remind yourself that you can learn something from this new experience, even though it might not be uh, uh, what you want to do. Yes. So I have a lot of thoughts on that. Um, I I because there there I look at it two ways. Um, and there's like a high level and a more granular way. And the high level way is sometimes you have to take a job for a certain reason, even though you know it's not the right job. And I've done that. Like I wanted to move to San Francisco. I took this job um, an hour outside of San Francisco. I knew it wasn't right, but I took the job and I worked hard because that was what it took to get to San Francisco. And I figured once I was, once I got to San Francisco, I could start looking for other opportunities. So there's this sense of sometimes you just have to make sacrifices to get some of your goals, and that's the high level, um, high level concept that I think about fairly often. But from a more granular standpoint, um, the thing about Luana Kay's story is she got put on some really challenging projects. Like she got put. Um, you know, her company asked her to do things that she didn't necessarily want to do, but she kind of just sucked it up and got the job done and she did a really good job. And as a result, um, she got some really big promotions during her time at Michigan State, ultimately ending up as the president of the university. And she equated all of that success back to someone needed to get the job done. So I kind of dug in and I got the job done. And so I think about that in my current role, um, 
there are hard things that aren't very much fun to do. And so I try to think of, um, you know, when, when life is easy and all the projects are fun, I don't think about this as much. But when things get kind of gritty and not very much fun, that's when I try to remember, like, you, you might not do this perfectly, but you need to give it your all and try to learn as much from it and really think of it as there is a payoff for doing this hard work, even though you might not necessarily recognize it at this very moment. Hmm. That's interesting. So do you prefer, because you talked about the, the two parallels, when when it's going well and you don't necessarily think about it as much, do you prefer the more relaxed or, or do you feel like you're really getting gear when, when things are kind of going chaotic and hectic? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, the answer is, Yes and no. I think, I mean, it's it's really nice to, um, I, I think the ideal state is actually between the two. Uh, you know, I've had, I've had very easy jobs um, that, that were, they were good jobs, but they were boring. And so I don't like when I, when you know what you're supposed to be doing, you know exactly how to do it. There's no opportunity to grow or learn, and that's really boring. And you also don't want to go and spend 40 or more hours a week grinding away that something at something that's really hard or is doesn't feel very meaningful. So for me, I think, and and it's never it's always fluctuating. But I really like I would say like 60 or 70 percent. Like I'm doing something that I feel confident in, something I know I'm doing a good job, something I know that matters. And then 30 percent having something that challenges challenges me because you know it's like anything. Like I'm I'm a runner and running isn't very much fun, right? Like right. sometimes it's fun, but if you're running a seven mile, you know, you're running seven miles, you might hit mile five and think this is the worst. And why did I sign up for this? And this is the last thing I want to be doing. But if you just keep, you know, if you keep working, you, you hit that seven mile goal and then it's really rewarding and you get something out of it. So I try to kind of use that framework to embrace the hard parts of life as a, this is kind of a gift in disguise. So what field are you in? Is it related to, I know you talked about how, how you found that journaling was your call. Is that what you're doing now? Uh, so I, I still write on the side, but mm-hmm. my current job um, is is that I work at Airbnb in San Francisco, which mm-hmm. uh, is so so aligned with what I care about because it's a company that helps people travel and encourages people to meet strangers. So I think 52 Cups of Coffee is a story about travel and strangers. So it's it makes a lot of sense that this is where I ended up. And I work in, so I actually work on our recruiting team and I do like operations and management. So mm-hmm. it's not, um, it kind of challenges my analytical problem solving you know, side of my brain. And then on the side, I still you know, hold on to those creative pursuits. So has 52 Cups, you know, helped you as far as, you know, now you're at Airbnb. Did that help you with uh, the job just from having that experience or or are there other ways that, that 52 Cups has impacted your, your professional life? Absolutely. It has made, um, it is by and large uh, been the biggest factor in, in kind of my career progression. I think that um, something that I've learned, especially now that I, you know, I conduct a lot of interviews for other people is that um, 
And this is what I would recommend anybody, anybody doing, especially, especially, especially college students. But Mm -hmm. if you have a side project, like if you set a goal for yourself or you try to build something or make something and you do it in a way that's really tangible, whether that's the idea is really simple to explain or you can write a blog post about it or you can create a website around it so that it's publicly known that you did this thing. It's, it's an incredible resume piece because it shows that that you're passionate about something, that you you actually care, that you take initiative, that you can see projects through, um, that that you're able to um, come up with new ideas and innovate. It's really great because it's like something that you didn't have to do. So anytime you do something that in the realm of world isn't re- in the realm of life isn't required, it really says a lot about your character and your work ethic. Uh, so I think it's really, really important in that regard. And then at the same time, the other great benefit it has is that, you know, through 52 Cups, I met 52 people that I had coffee with, but actually the, the absolute number of people that I've met because of the project is probably 10 times that many people because like right now you and I are talking and we're talking because you heard about the project. And mm-hmm. so I think... That illustrates that when you when you do something, again, and it's in public, it's on the internet, or people can find it, then people will find it, and it gives you an opportunity to meet and connect with other like-minded people, which uh, job opportunities, like the easiest way to get a job is to have someone who can refer you to that company or can make you a connection so that you have an in-person uh, kind of connection to the company and you're not just a blind resume going into the system. That's awesome that you said that, especially where we're taking on that side project. So can we talk about that part a little bit? Now, with with yours, was this something, just so um, everyone listening in can get an an idea or a sense, was this something that you put on your resume as as uh, an extracurricular activity, or was this something that you really focused on as far as like, even though it wasn't a job that you were getting paid for, it was, you know, kind of like a job. How did you put that on yours? Yeah, I, that's a great question. It's, it's on my LinkedIn and my resume the same way. It's like a, a, a line item as it, what it looks like on my resume is exactly what all of my other job opportunities look like. I treated it as being just as important, if not more important than previous job experience. So uh, I think um, I, I, I'm think I mean, thinking about my resume now, I think the first thing, you know, the top thing when I applied at this current job was I was working at Intel. So Intel was obviously the the first thing on on my resume. And it said where I worked and what my job role was. And then, you know, the three bullet points about what I was doing. And then the very next thing was, um, I think it was like creator, mm-hmm. cr- creator or author of 52 Cups. And then, you know, the three things that I like most accomplished out of it. So I think that uh, if you've done something so intensive and so um, important in your, you know, if you've, if this is something that's been really important during the course of your working life, it deserves a, you know, a place on the spotlight. No, I totally agree. So I'm glad you uh, were able to answer that as well. And, and just from, um, doing 52 cups, you talked about how the, the outside connections from the people that you initially, uh, didn't know what, has you know that response been like for you as far as hearing feedback and and other people saying that uh that you have inspired them what does that uh conversation go like and what have those people gone on to do that you've been able to you know hear from yeah that's it's it's 
at first it's very weird mm-hmm. um to be to be honest but it's really interesting because for me it was a personal goal like at the original personal goal was to actually meet all 52 of these people. And then the next big personal goal was to actually turn it into a book. So my focus was, you know, on achieving these two goals and, you know, I achieved them and that felt really good. But then there are these after effects that I wasn't expecting. And that is that people, you know, buy the book or buy it for other people that are, you know, just about to go to college or just leaving college. And it, it really is, uh, it's a weird feeling to describe. And I think it, it is this, I, I guess it, I just feel very fortunate when you're, mm-hmm. when you're able to hear that work that you did had an impact on someone, you know, halfway around the world or someone who you, you never had met. Um, I think it's both reaffirming that it's really important to do work that you think matters and then, you know, very, um, grateful that people actually do think what um, what I do matters. Uh, and a couple examples, one of my favorites is I, I had a, someone in East Lansing, Michigan reach out to me because he was in his late 40s. He had been really interested in music growing up and he was in a band in his early 20s, but he would get awful stage fright. You know, like he would be sweating so much like he couldn't play his guitar because he'd be so nervous. And then he he got married, he had kids, so he put, you know, his side, his passions to the side to raise his kids. And then his two daughters, you know, grew up, left the house and he had some free time and he he discovered 52 cups and it inspired him. He said, you know, if you can do this, you know, there's no reason that I can't pursue something that I care about as well. And so he started a project called Tim's 52 gigs. Mm, And it was just a goal for him to play guitar at 52 different things. So um, retirement parties or graduation parties or just open mic nights at bars. And it was, he, he completed it one, which is really phenomenal on his part. He invited me to his 52nd gig, but unfortunately I couldn't be in Michigan at the time. Mm-hmm. But we talked about it over the phone once he finished the project. And what he said was, you know, all of the, you know, kind of his friends, like the friends that he had or the family friends or the couple friends that they had, they were all really into sports. And it seemed like that was the hot topic. And he personally didn't care that much about sports. So he always mm-hmm. felt like he had to just like, like he felt a little bit like an outsider, like he had to pretend to care about something he didn't care about. And he said over the course of these 52 gigs, he started to meet other musicians and musicians that wanted to collaborate or musicians that, you know, would invite him to different open mic nights. And he found this new tribe of people um, so that he now had a group of guy friends that were talking about something that he really cared about. And you could tell that just finding his circle of people had had a really big impact on him. So that I think, like that story, I think will for always and ever like stick with me because, because it was such a great example of how his life was so positively impacted. I mean, he did all the work, um, but it was 52 Cups that inspired him to do all the work. So it's, it's really an amazing thing. Yeah, I think that is, is definitely incredible to hear. And even just hearing it, you know, I guess I'm weird sometimes when I hear, you know, stories like that, you know, I get like a little tear coming down or the eyes start watering because it's like sounds so cool that that others have been able to, you know, go out, you know, in your case and and do their own, you know, uh, version of 52, whatever that might be. So that that is incredibly um, awesome to hear that. And you also talk about how 
you know, you you wrote a book. Uh, what was that process like for you? Was this all, all self-published that you did, or did you have help along the way? I worked with a, a really small publisher who actually, I ended up being the last um, book that he worked on before him and a friend opened up a, a bar and restaurant in uh, North Carolina. Oh, so wow. the, it, it actually isn't um, an a small publisher anymore, but uh, it was a lot of groundwork on my part. It was really a community effort of, I did a lot of the editing. Um, my dad actually did a lot of the editing and then we brought in, um, we brought in a professional to help, you know, do a final run to catch anything we might've missed. My, uh, one of my best friends designed the cover for me. And then uh, I worked with the, with this publisher to kind of finesse, you know, to do the book layout and decide, you know, what it should look like and um, all of the tiny operations details that I would have had to, I would have had to research all of these tiny little things. Like that's where he was really helpful in saying, you know, here's what we need to, to get it done. So um, that was, that was incredible. So it was kind of a, it was a team effort. And I think, you know, some of the best things in life are team efforts. It took me a while to, to actually make it into a book because I was under this impression that I had to do everything myself. Um, like I wouldn't be a real author if I got help from other people, which is silly. And I finally, you know, recognized how silly that was and asked for help. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we all worked so hard and, and made the thing a reality. That's awesome. Now, is it uh, a compilation of the, the, the different people you met with or, or is it actual stories and, and kind of takes it into a more personal journey of what you went through as well? So it's the, the book is uh, 52 chapters long and each chapter chronicles or highlights or profiles the person that I talked to and what I learned from, from that person. And mm-hmm. so it's, the book is great Thanks in that you can kind of pick up and you can read journeys. chapter 36 and two days later you can read is, chapter 41. So um, but if you do read it today from start to finish, there is this narrative that kind of naturally unfolds as I learn more and get more comfortable with the idea of I'm about to graduate and I'm I'm trying to figure out what to do with my life. I think there's a lot of anxiety at the start of the book because I don't know what to do with my life. And then by the end, I I think from the writing, you can just tell that I'm feeling much better about embracing the uncertainty. future potential listeners of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings, what you think as, well, go, as your voice helps the, them decide the and fulfilling life's yearnings with, is right um, for them. Like you, now just, it's in your hands. That I was Are you ready to fly? And, and stepping Until next episode, stay in the zone and make a today a fly day by taking action of, on um, your dreams. Out to folks and, and having them come on and share their stories. Whereas before I was like, ah, this, I just don't know how this is going to end up. And now I'm kind of just like no expectations and, and letting it, you know, take its course to wherever that might be. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, kind of a lot of those things like reaching out to people is kind of a muscle. And so every time you do it, you're exercising that muscle and uh, everything kind of builds upon each other, which I think is the wonderful thing about uh, like like a project like this for you, because it teaches you a lot of little things that you will carry with you to make this project better or to make any subsequent project better. Yeah, that is awesome. So so just winding up here, uh, coming to the the last two questions. The one, the first one I want to ask you is, you know, call to action. You kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, you know, and when you talked about the importance of taking on a side project, but for, for those listening in, 
what would be a call of action of something you know that they could do if not today um but even something that they could do in a relatively short time to get them going towards uh, i guess going towards having this this i guess more well-rounded life or getting out of themselves the things that they want to do yeah so Two things. I think one, you know, if if any of your listeners are sitting on a project idea or have this thing that they've been thinking about doing, uh, you know, for months or years or however long, um, to really actually like write down what step one is and then challenge themselves to take step one because the the project, whatever that thing is that they want to do, if they can just find the courage to start, uh, I think it'll have a really big impact on on what happens next with their life or their career. And then the other thing is uh, you don't have to have coffee with 52 people to get the positive effects of having coffee with people. So look at look at someone in your community, whether it's someone you follow online, someone you work with, somebody that you know of in your community, and reach out to them and see if they would sit down and get coffee with you. Um, and ask them any questions you might have or, you know, ask them for advice or just tell them your ideas to get the feedback or just sit down and get to know them as a person to um, kind of just better have, you know, kind of widen your circle of friends by, you know, one more person. I think there's such incredible power in sitting down and having genuine conversations that it can have a wildly big impact if you kind of turn it into a regular practice. Mm. So I like those three. And, and a follow-up question I had on that before I get to the last question is, um, have you made it a practice or do you have some sort of routine that you do to keep in touch with the 52 people that you met with or how do you go about that? Yeah, I think a lot of uh, one strategy, um, you know, the power of social media is pretty big. So just um, connecting with them on different social channels and then interacting with, uh, you know, interacting with the things that they post or um, just kind of staying in touch when they post things, kind of commenting or sending them a message on their birthday or if they get a new job. I think just like digital, um, small digital touches like that are really good. And then other things are when I am traveling, which I still do a fair amount of travel, I like to reach out and let them know that I'm going to be you know, in whatever town that they're in and see if they'd like to just get another cup of coffee with me. Awesome. So I love hearing that as well. And the final question, Megan, and this one again, thank you for uh, taking some time out on, on this Friday for me almost evening for you early afternoon and, and just sharing your story and, and reliving what 52 Cups was all about. What, um, if you could summarize, would be your definition of uh, fulfilling life's yearnings? Oh, man. Big question for a Friday afternoon before a long <laughs> weekend. But I think it's really, for me, it's about always being curious. Uh Never letting go of your curiosity, never um, being satisfied with with what is in your life at any given moment. Like be grateful and really enjoy and appreciate the things that are in your life, but always like chase that curiosity. Read the books that are interesting to you, like travel to the places that seem that seem interesting. Take a risk on the project at um, at work or take the lesson to become better at guitar playing, like whatever it might be. I think curiosity is such a driver towards um, kind of fulfilling those life's yearnings. 
That's awesome. So that was Megan Gephardt, you know, talking about her experiences with 52 Cups and, and the life lessons that we can take away from that as well in our own lives. So Megan, uh, what can we do to to see what you're doing and, and even to check out, you know, the works that you already did for 52 Cups? Yeah, so you can uh, you can find the book on Amazon on both paperback and uh, Kindle. Just fifty two cups of coffee is the title, and then um, you can connect with me on on Twitter or LinkedIn. I'm just Megan. Uh, my handle on Instagram and Twitter is just Megan Gephardt, one word. And then if you have experience having coffee with strangers or you want to know more, you can always email me at Megan at fifty two cups dot com. That's awesome. And, and Megan was definitely someone who was, was uh, accessible, I guess, in the sense that she was willing to come on. And I, and I always find that so awesome when you get to meet different people who are, are willing to respond back to you. And, and Megan was so awesome at doing that. So again, I just appreciate you uh, taking that time out. And I hope you enjoyed the rest of your afternoon and hope you have a great weekend. And for everyone else um, listening in, as always, go out there and be fly. Thanks for listening to Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. I want to know what your biggest takeaway is, so please head on over to fulfillinglifesyearnings.com today and click on the show notes link for today's episode, which is located on the homepage, and leave a comment. The show notes page is where you can find the resources mentioned during the show and will be very valuable for you on your own journey. To stay up to date about what's happening, please subscribe to my newsletter and subscribe to the show on iTunes. And while you're subscribing on iTunes, it would definitely mean a lot to me if you would leave a review to show future potential listeners of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings what you think as your voice helps them decide if Fulfilling Life's Yearnings is right for them. Now it's in your hands. Are you ready to fly? Until next episode, stay in the zone and make today a fly day by taking action on your dreams.